Hi guys, welcome back to my podcast. Um, it's been amazing so far, this journey of this podcast that just started as something for the Marilyn community and it's just growing. We're getting people listening that are not even Marilyn Monroe fans, but they are now. And we've got people writing in and saying to me, you know, I, I, I love your podcast. And it's really, I've got to say, thanks to the guests that I get because they've been amazing from the collectors like Scott to the people that knew Marilyn. Marilyn Monroe, Mita and Edie Shaw agreeing to come on. We've got so many, Greg Schreiner, and it's just been incredible. Michelle talking about all the amazing books she's written. But we've had Susan Griffiths, the amazing impersonator from Legends in Concert and the amazing Pulp Fiction. And now I've got an equally very, very famous impersonator that so many of you know. I have got jimmy james on the line to me all the way from texas now we know what's going on in texas jimmy how are you we're good now you know i'm in texas watching over my elderly mom uh normally i live in los angeles uh but i had to come down here during covid to take care of her and thank god i was here because it was really rough she's 86 now and so i've been watching over her but we're good the weather has changed 100 degrees like not weather uh, it's now like spring it's springtime oh, thank <laughs> the snow is gone but the power's on we're good we're that, good that's so good to hear because you know our lives at the moment are so crazy with covid and that was an extra horrible thing to happen to the people down there so i'm so glad that you're okay but let's talk about something more fun which is your amazing career and, you know, you were like the 80s Marilyn. You retired doing Marilyn in 1997. But you really, you could still yeah. do Marilyn, right? Because people, I think, miss you on the scene. So, you know, for those of us that know of you, um, we know, but you were on Donahue, Joan Rivers show, Sally Jesse Raphael. It was like you couldn't move. You were like the Marilyn. And yet, for people that are listening, you're not even female. <laughs> I know, I know. Now yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a male, and uh, although my whole life I've been called a girl, <laughs> that I look like a girl. I don't even know if I'm trans. I mean, I get weirded out if people call me a man. That's the only thing I get weirded out really? by. Really? But uh, I guess I'm an eternal penal, Peter Pan. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Why do you, why do you not like it if people call you a man? Because obviously, like you say, this trans thing now, we, we know more about it now. But why do you, with you? I know, and I never knew what the, I never knew what that was, Susie. I never understood, like, if people call me a man, I felt really like it was weird to me. Um, I don't, I don't like land blast people. I don't get angry at all, mm -hmm. but it just felt internally felt weird. Um, I think, I think I'm greedy. I thought about this for a long time. I want to be, I want to be male and female. I'm greedy. I want both. <laughs> I want to be, I want to convey both. <laughs> well, you know what? I don't think there's anything wrong with that, to be honest. I think you should be be who you feel you are, you know? And it's just, I think we, we label people way too much, even by labeling yourself as trans. It's still a label. Just just be Jimmy James. My favorite artists, yeah, my favorite artists were like Michael Jackson, Boy George, uh, Annie Lennox, uh, my, you know, all these artists that have a kind of a male-female, Madonna even has like mm -hmm. a masculine-feminine thing. These are all great artists. And I believe Marilyn Monroe, had a masculine feminine thing. I'll tell you a story. 
that this lady said that uh, she's an actress. You know the lady that played Gladys Kravitz? There was two of them, but the, the kind of chunkier, older Gladys Kravitz. Right. She met me in person, and she said that walking around with around the set with Marilyn, she walked around with uh, blue jeans and a man's shirt with no bra underneath. Mm-hmm. And she was just very casual in, like, loafers and, you know, just very natural. And and so Marilyn herself, if you, if you look at her in life, not so much a character she's playing where she's dolled up with diamonds and all that, that's, of course, a gussied-up girl. But she's almost like playing a part. She's kind of being dragged. As we all know, Marilyn was a... Norma Jean was a totally different person from Marilyn, but you've seen the pictures of Marilyn with blue jeans and a blouse. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. she's just very natural, almost in a way tomboyish. In a way, mm-hmm. and so I remember that scene in Clash by Night where she says to the the guy, "You know, I'll yeah. slug you in the face." <laughs> she's very tomboy there. Um, but I, I actually, you know what? I feel more Marilyn impersonating her when I'm not dressed up as the caricature Marilyn. I actually hate having to do gigs where someone goes, can you wear the diamonds dress or the white dress? You're like, oh, because to me, it doesn't feel Marilyn. I I agree with you. I I actually feel more relatable to Marilyn as a fan or as someone who admires her, even if I didn't impersonate her, when I see her like that in just her jeans and her, because that was the real her, really. She wasn't a diamond collecting girl, was she? You know what I bought a long time ago? The internet had just come about. I had just gotten, it was 97, around the time that I was retiring my life as doing Maryland, you know, before I just transitioned to being an impressionist and a recording artist. So around 97, I got in touch with Jim Dougherty. Oh, really? (sighs) So anyone listening, that was Marilyn Monroe's first husband. So, because some people don't don't know Marilyn, so... (laughs) That was Marilyn's yeah. first husband. Her first husband, Jim Dowdy, um, he wrote a book. And do you are you aware of the book? Mm-hmm. So I ordered it online, and I asked for his autograph. We had been on a talk show together in Boston, and um, he he uh, was quite taken aback when I went out to the car to meet him. In black, black, uh, I had black boots on, uh, like Beatles boots, with black Beatles boots and black slacks and a black shirt. And I had the pink scarf over my head and the flipped curl coming out and the mm-hmm. kind of, uh, I didn't have the sunglasses on. I went to go meet him out at the car. I was so excited in Boston at this uh, TV station. Yeah. Uh, and I said, I said, so what do you think? He goes, yeah, you got you got this down good. I said, um, I, I'm I said I'm obsessed with her height. Do I have the height? Because at that time, remember around ninety, early nineties, I think is when we did the and Ellen, Evelyn Moriarty, her stand-in, was mm-hmm. on the show as well. And I said, do I have the height? He goes, yeah, the height's about right. He said something really profound that no one would ever tell me because. They didn't know Marilyn personally, mm-hmm. but he knew Marilyn personally. You know what he told me about my look? What? He says, but you've got brown eyes. <gasps> oh, did it hurt? <laughs> no, it didn't. No, it actually, I loved it because 
that was somebody who knew her intimately and personally. That and the only thing you could pick was your eyes. Yeah, that the eyes were brown, and which is amazing to me because I was obsessed with the height. Mm. Like I'm five four, but with the wig, I'm five five. Mm. But. I hear she was five five or five five and a half or five six. I'm so obsessed with the exact height, but yeah. I think I missed it by an inch. <laughs> well, I know it's because I'm five foot four as well. And when everyone says like Marilyn Monroe is five five, I'm like, I think we can forgive people an inch, you know? Like at the end of the day, you can get colored yeah. con- you can get colored contact lenses, but we can't stretch you six foot. So. One right. inch won't, exactly. won't, won't kill you. Talking about your eyes, you have one of the most... Because um, me and Susan discuss pictures that always come up on eBay that are not Marilyn, and they're either my gold picture, there's some hideous one that I did for a Smithies thing, and her picture from the white dress. But your picture from the I, the LA Works commercial, that is always... People have it tattooed on their arm, thinking it's Marilyn... And it's been on stamps. Someone that it, what country put it on a stamp? They put your picture on a stamp as Marilyn. Yeah, on an African stamp. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, I didn't. It, it was. It got distributed out in Africa in 2014, mm. but I didn't find out about it until 2016. And I was like, oh my god! I think it was Greg Schreiner or oh, someone told me about it i was like oh, oh tony God. plant is it tony plant that found it, is it no you know the guy that does the other uh, his name escapes me that has the maryland costume as well oh his name just escapes me we're friends and i'm just is there scott fortner oh, you know who... yeah scott fortner yeah scott, scott fortner, fortner. Yeah. yeah scott fortner will find anything on maryland <laughs> Yeah, I think he he sent me the message, and I was like dumbfounded because it was a collection of Marilyn R. stamps, and it had two images on each stamp, and so they put the image of me from L.A. Eyeworks with the horn rim glasses with an image of the real Marilyn That's with right. her horn rim glasses, and I just laughed and got I got such a thrill out of that it is isn't it and that's what i was going to ask you how do you feel when people have used your picture and pretended it's marilyn because personally people say to me aren't you angry don't you want money for it and i'm like no it's the biggest compliment because obviously i i can tell the difference and i think who are these people but it's such a it's a kick isn't it because you're like wow you know you're doing something right it's a kick and um i tell you it's kind of bittersweet it's sweet in that the image got released because of the internet because I was threatened with lawsuits and LA Iwerks was threatened with lawsuits over using her image to advertise a product because wow. uh, the Roger Richmond agency owned her likeness and image for uh, advertising. Um, it was innocent. I yelled at Roger Richmond and he shut up. <laughs> I, said, I said, go ahead and sue me. I could always use the publicity. That's that's. I always think that. I always think when people get angry at you, you're like, well, "That's going to be a good advert for me anyway." What? Because um, yeah, I right? I heard that you um, noticed the resemblance because it is striking. Your resemblance is striking. So you noticed the resemblance in yourself to Marilyn by looking at a picture of of Marilyn, and you thought this is the structure of my face. Is that how it started for you? How did you start Marilyn? 
growing up in San Antonio, Texas, where I'm at now, visiting mom, this is my hometown. Growing up in San Antonio, now, now you know, this is like the 70s, the 80s. Like, there was no hope for me for ever being in, on, in show business. And I wanted to be an entertainer so badly, but I saw no way. Well, I was a boy that looked like a girl, made fun of for my high voice. And um, I, so I thought the closest I'll ever get to show business is if I become a makeup artist. Mm-hmm. So I studied theatrical makeup. I was a head makeup person in high school and in college. Um, so I was very well aware of, uh, bone structures, people's structure of face. Mm-hmm. So when in the early 80s, I lost a lot of weight and I suddenly had a structure. You know, took, I could see it. I was like, and I would stare in my, I would stare in the mirror at my new thin face and go, <laughs> oh my God, I have a jawline. Oh my God, I have, uh, you don't have to worry about that, Susie, because you've always been thin. But I was a chubby boy. And when I lost weight, I had a face. <laughs> and I was, the way I was staring at myself, well, then I go to a bookstore and I get this Life Goes to the Movies. And there's that Philippe Halsman picture of her with the off-the-shoulder white dress. And she's staring right at me. And I, as a makeup artist, I thought, Oh, who is this person? Yeah. Okay, I had heard of Marilyn Monroe, but she was a little bit before my time because I grew up with Sonny and Cher, Diana Ross and the Supremes, Janis Joplin. Those are like my childhood, like, mm-hmm. you know, people. Your influences. So I thought, who is this? Now, what sparked in me was that even though I was in theater and we had to pay for our own gas and go to the rehearsals and we got no money for it. We didn't get paid for it. The only people who would get paid to perform at that time, you know, late seventies, early eighties were drag queens. They were the only entertainers that made money. And I knew of Jim Bailey, who was brilliant at impersonating Judy Garland. I'd seen him live on the tonight show and other shows doing Judy Garland live. So I had, but this is all before YouTube or the internet. So I had to figure out who the hell this Marilyn was. Mm-hmm. And um, I went to a film festivals. I, I tried to see a documentary on TV and I just studied her and studied her. I knew I, I started developing the makeup uh, technique. Um, I knew theatrical makeup, but I didn't know glamour makeup. So mm-hmm. I had to study and study and took little... You're too young to remember when we held the camera to ourselves and did a selfie and we turned a little square cube flash around and took another picture, uh, as, you know, for the makeup test. And then you have to take it somewhere and wait three days for it to get developed so you can see yourself yeah. and how the makeup is photographing. So this was an arduous process with no YouTube again and no internet. All I had was newspaper clippings or magazine clippings and trying to figure out what was her personality like things like that you forget don't you like we're so bombarded now with information as soon as we need it because obviously you're being very kind to me but I do remember pre-internet I am old enough and I do remember flash cameras (laughs) and and the, the thing is is just when you're saying that I'm thinking god yeah I do remember like waiting for a week for photographs to come back and from the the pharmacy when you had to give the film in and I you know not knowing having to go to a bookstore to find things out because it wasn't there, you know, the information isn't, and I, God, it's, it's such an effort. <laughs> it's... 
Oh, you know, and now, you know, when you talk about drag, it's no big deal. You know, post RuPaul, you know, all everything that's come after RuPaul and the drag race and all that. But back then, my God, I was terrified that my very Catholic family would find out that I was attempting to do drag. And like, am I crazy? Yeah, I'm, I'm crazy. Like, to think that I was such a maverick, but I was so desperate. To get out of Texas, not that you know there's anything horrible about Texas. No, I, I just wanted yeah. to see the world. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And I thought so. Maryland was like my ticket out. Maryland was my ticket out. I didn't know how I'd get out, but if I could do what Jim Bailey did for Judy Garland, if I could do that with Maryland, maybe I'd have a chance. Do you know that's beautiful because? talking to so many different people about not just impersonators, but just about how Marilyn's affected their lives. I hear that said so much, Marilyn saved my life or Marilyn gave me a purpose or Marilyn gave me friends. It could be anything. And to say that like Marilyn got you out of Texas and like you say, it's nothing against Texas, but you wanted to travel the world and you wanted to, and it's such a beautiful tribute. Just that, I mean, your, your career has been super successful, but just the fact that that one thing got you somewhere that you got you somewhere else and to travel the world is beautiful. You touched on RuPaul's Drag Race and obviously I just did a show in Los Angeles with some of the winners of, of RuPaul's Drag Race with Eureka, um, Ginger Minj, um, Chi Chi Devane, God bless her soul, who, who passed after we did the show. Yeah. So, oh, it's tragic. I, I still can't yeah. get over that. Um, but I do think of you and I see, you know, the snatch game and everything. And have you been approached to be on RuPaul or would you like to be on RuPaul or would, is it something that you're like, no, that's not me anymore? I'd love to. I'd love to. I've never heard, but they know how to reach me, but I don't know if the time is not right or something. I've never heard from them. But I'm open. They can call me anytime. Oh, that would, do you know, I think you would be amazing because that game where they have to do impressions, you will just slam that. <laughs> Like you could be anybody. I'm on... ready. Oh well, Anytime. if any of my friends, they all know because some of them obviously have been on there. Please, I think you would be incredible on there. I want to tell you something for all the Maryland fans out there. I want to tell you a little story about when I was just starting to do Maryland in San Antonio, and there was this Japanese lady who owned a fabric shop, and this was, you know. Remember, I don't have YouTube. I don't know how Marilyn was in person as a person. Mm-hmm. So I went to go buy some fabric, and I told her that I'm attempting to like recreate or imitate Marilyn Monroe. And she was a Japanese lady, but she goes, "Oh, Marilyn Monroe! I was a little girl when she came to Japan with Joe DiMaggio." And I said, oh, you saw her in person? Okay, listen to what she said. Yeah, my mom took me to see Marilyn. And I saw her in person. And I said, what did you think? What was your impression of her? Now, mind you, she's like a little five-year-old girl. Mm -hmm. She goes, oh, Marilyn, she was so cute. And I was just stopped in my truck because here's a little five-year-old girl. Mm-hmm. beholding the world's greatest sex symbol and you know that that's a whole different thing a sex symbol right yeah totally. but as a little girl she thought she thought she was so cute and that was one of the main ingredients 
to my character study of Marilyn in that I would get boofed up in full glamour, sequin gowns, hair, makeup, you know, and not act like a sex symbol. Mm -hmm. I don't even know how you act like a sex symbol. (laughs) But to remember there was two people involved. One was very cute. One was Norma Jean, and the other one was Marilyn Monroe. So it's kind of in a way Norma Jean got in drag to become Marilyn Monroe, and you know that. Yeah, I, I write about that in the show that I'm writing at the moment, about living as Marilyn and the, how how that is so very true. And I've noticed that in your act, actually. I noticed that is you do have that softness and you do have that little bit of shyness. Because I, I noticed when drag people tend to do Marilyn that I've seen besides you they do tend to just be a little bit brashy whereas you're not you you tend to hold that still that feminine childlike quality that she had so I think like you're saying that probably did live with you that cuteness because it does it does come across in your act it never left me when she said that now remember I didn't have much to go on I had to just Mm, you, you I have never, to just pick whatever people who might have come across her mm. could tell me. Well, that's funny because the good thing about coming along before the internet and the rise of is you did get to meet a lot of the people that like Evelyn Moriarty and Jim Doherty and people because now these people. I mean, I just spoke to Meeta and Edie Shaw who met Marilyn because they were Sam Shaw's daughters, and their stories are fantastic. But these people are you know this from the memorials we do in America where you where we've had people as Marilyn talk. But these people are dying off. So the fact that you can say that you, you yeah. met these people is such a such a, a, a great thing for you to have been in the company of these people that have met Marilyn. It's such a treat. And you, Yeah, it's such a treat. And you know what? When I spoke at the memorial that one time, I spoke about how I often wondered, what is it about this beautiful creature that was almost of alien-like beauty. And what is it about her that we talk still mm-hmm. talk about her? And I thought about it lo- for a long time. And I surmise that the reason we talk about artist uh, Marilyn is she was an artist. She was a profound artist, perhaps ahead of her time. Mm-hmm. And, and as with real art it survived the ages so you know true. what i'm saying yeah so true it's so true when you when Dude, you say that, that have you ever noticed how how watching her millions of poses on camera she lived in front of that camera yeah uh, it's so hard to even find a duplicate pose mm-hmm. yeah so true it's i, I mean it's only two arms and two legs, but with Marilyn, she has infinite poses. And the uh, camera, the camera just... mind-boggling. Yeah, and the camera just... They, they, people say, oh, the camera loves you, but with her, the camera was in love. The camera was made for Marilyn, and she was made for the camera. It would have been a tragedy if she hadn't stayed in that factory and never left Jim Doherty and, went and, and, and became Marilyn Monroe because the world would have lost uh, just that that impact of her it's in, incredible talking about people being discovered are you going to do a documentary about your life because i read somewhere that you had maybe because sh- covid's ruined everything but you were working on a show in new york about 
about you know your characters because you do have some shows like you're doing on Facebook but I mean once we're out of COVID what shows have you got coming up? Yeah I've got um, COVID shut down all the stages so you know I have to keep my voice in shape because now I'm a voice impressionist and a recording artist with a global hit fashionista mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> some mm -hmm. people don't know that that's the Marilyn Monroe impersonator the guy that sings fashionista but, uh, and I wrote that song, but I have a whole album with that, blah, blah, blah. But I have to keep my voice in shape. So what I decided to do for free on Facebook um, is living room concerts. And my mom is my sidekick. She likes to say she's the co-star, but I call her my sidekick, but she says co-star. But anyway, <laughs> and it's, it's Thursday night, uh, and I posted on Facebook.com forward slash Jimmy James Hollywood. And that's the channel on Facebook where I do like a 40-minute show of impressions. And this Thursday is going to be Black Lives Inspire. And will this go out, that would have been last, if, when this goes out, that would be the Thursday just gone, which I promoted last week on the, for them to tune in. Oh, okay. Because I said, All right. but then what's, uh, but you do, you're going to do them every Thursday or, or? Every Thursday, they're free and people can watch them and, and join in the fun, and I do everything from Cher, Eartha Kitt, Betty Davis, Billy Holiday, Judy Garland, Barbara Streisand. Wow. Lots of voice impressions that I do in my show, and <clears throat> I just have fun, and I I really have, it's been a nice time uh, with the audiences uh, out there in the electric dream yeah. internet. Well, in a way, I think it can actually widen your fan base because people are locked up and they'll watch the shows. And then when hopefully COVID yeah. is gone and the shows reopen, more people will come to see them. But it's funny you're talking about you're a vocal impressionist because I noticed that with the new scene of the drag scene is they all lip sync. Whereas it, I just think it's amazing that you do these voices. That's such a, that's such a talent. To become maybe them. that's why they don't call me. <laughs> yeah, <could> <laughs> Did you ever think of that? I don't know. I would just beat you right now. <laughs> no, but but it's true. I think it's really a talent to to be able to reproduce the, the to sing. You know, it's a, a massive talent, and I think lip syncing's got its place when you can't sing. But if you can sing, then it's it's it'd be lovely to hear these drag. Then keep. If you can sing, then keep them away from the lip syncers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. They've no. never called me, so I don't know. I can't tell you for sure. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sure it's going to happen, and it will be amazing. Of all the people you've met and performed for, because like, you've just said all those great names, but like jo I met Joan Rivers, and she was fantastic, and you were on her show. She must have loved you. Yeah. She did. She bumped off Rue McClanahan to keep me on longer. <laughs> Um, Joan Rivers was like brilliant. Uh, I thought she was going to be bitchy with me. She wasn't. She was actually brilliant. And uh, I got to meet uh, um, uh, Jane Russell live oh. in person while I was dressed as Marilyn at the, at the Vienna Film Festival. And I have it on video. I just need to wow. figure out the right time to post it. The time uh, is now. Jane Russell in person. <laughs> the time is now. Post it. What was she? Because to me, she seems like such an amazing person. I love Jane Russell. So, and please tell me she was like that in it real was life. Vienna, it was the Vienna Film Festival around 1997, I think. And she was the guest of honor. And they were using the Maryland poster for 
when her skirt was blowing up. It's kind of a silhouette kind of thing. And so anyway, there we were. We met in the lobby of the hotel. Uh, not the lobby, but up in the hallway somewhere. Mm-hmm. Because then we had to, and so we posed with pictures. I had my video camera, so my friend, videotape this now. Mm. And they were taking pictures of us. And then we got in the elevator. I'm going to tell you, she was older. So this was around 97. Mm-hmm. She was older, but still had that beautiful little movie star nose. Yeah. Her, eye, her, her facial structure was that of a movie star. If you never knew she was Jane Russell, you would know she was somebody. I know. Is that the sort of people you mean like that? That yeah. face. Mm-hmm. That face that was like, oh my God. And I, I was just as Marilyn just staring at her. <laughs> it was just, it was so surreal. Did you speak and to I her? And I have the video. Did, what? Did, did you speak to her? Yeah, we posed for pictures together. Oh. And she said, oh, this is remarkable. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that's incredible to to meet Joan Russell. I mean, I mean, she's she knew Marilyn. That's one thing, but she's such a star in her in her own right. And I know the sort of people you meet yeah. like that. I was once at a party and I couldn't stop looking at this woman, and she must have been about eighty years old. And I just could. I was like, that's the most beautiful woman because, like you say, that that they have a face. You know, there's someone. And she was one yeah. of the most famous yeah. ballerinas, and then she'd dance with Nureyev and all these people. And I was like, wow, I knew it. I oh, I knew wow. it. I knew she couldn't just be. Yeah. Jenny from the block. <laughs> I knew it. Yeah. It's just, I yeah. it's incredible. What was you think before we wrap up is you think if you could pick a moment in your career, where you go, that was the best job or thing I did. Or what, what would you, what would you say? It's a hard one that, cause I, I wouldn't know. Uh, well, it was the LA iWorks was brilliant, but also when I did the, the, um, the billboard in Times Square, I did, I did Judy Garland, Marilyn Monroe, and Betty Davis with Lindy Evangelista. Wow. The supermodel. Because I've always had this thing because I'm short and, you know, <laughs> chunkier than I should be. You know, I always have this thing that I wanted to be a model. So now I can tell people I was a model. That's right. That's right. With Linda Evangelista. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was a model up there with Linda Evangelista. So. Don't mess with me, baby. That's right. And a billboard in Times Square. There's not many people that can say that, right? Really. Yeah, I even flew my mother up to New York to uh, pose. You know, I had somebody on the street take a picture of us under the big billboard. It was in the center of Times Square. It was, it was brilliant. One of the highlights of my life. Well, I can... Uh amazing just amazing your career's been amazing and i can't thank you enough for coming on my show i want to tell everybody to look up jimmy james um all over youtube amazing you can see all these donahue shows the joan rivers shows the sally jesse Raphael shows uh check out facebook facebook.com jimmy james hollywood every thursday for these free live streaming shows where you can interact and they're just amazing the fact that they're free but they can drop you a paypal right they can drop you a little tip that would be quite nice when they're oh yeah in. people want to tip the, the, the information's there and all the shows that i've done if they scroll and scroll they can find my live shows that i've done oh since may 7th i've been doing them which is really brilliant that wow. the fans have supported me and I've just had a blast, truly incredible. And I'm thank you so much 
for having me on your show. Oh, well, do you know, my show wouldn't be a show without these amazing guests that have agreed to come on. And it, I hope it helps the community. And I hope people look you up and look up the other guests that I have and, and rediscover them. And because that Marilyn Stardust really has sprinkled on so many people's lives. Oh, and, yeah. And, in, and oh, yeah. It, it's, it, and sh when, when you're gone and I'm gone and Scott's collection is belonging to somebody else, the one person that remains is Marilyn. She's changed lives. Yeah. And it's, it's just so yeah, lovely. It's to, yeah, it's so lovely to hear you. And I can't wait for COVID to be open. You get back on stage. And hopefully, one day, you're going to get that call from RuPaul because they need you on. They really, you are, a, <laughs> you're a legend. I mean, you're a legend in this, you know? Maybe you're a bit too much of a legend. Mind. Maybe they can't cope with someone as good as you. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I, I've, I've, I have a brilliant life. It doesn't yes, matter. You do. Yes, you do. So thank you so much for joining me again, Jimmy. You are amazing. And I know everyone's going to love hearing you. I know some people wrote me and they were like, oh, you got Jimmy James on? And I was like, yes. So they're going to love this interview. Yeah. <laughs> So just know you've made you've well, made a very big big impact. love, big love to all the Maryland fans. Big love to you and your brilliant show. Keep it going. It sounds amazing. I'm going to go on and listen to all your other guests. So good luck, baby. Oh, thank you so so much. Bye.